Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Coon alongside Glenn West as we preview a road trip to Columbia. Yours truly and Glenn will not be making the trip. We're going to be hanging out, Glenn, watching uh, watching on TV, but we're going to have still some fantastic coverage, great content, and a reaction podcast as well. So we thank you for tuning in on a fantastic Wednesday. Glenn, I think when we looked at the beginning of the year, this game on the schedule was one that it kind of felt LSU might get a reprieve from who they have been playing at some point. But now this is a Missouri team that's going to be really, really fun to watch. A lot of people say this game's going to be a track meet. I don't necessarily disagree. But uh, before we kind of jump into the particulars, talk about what we've heard from the coaches and staff uh, and, and what kind of challenge does Missouri pose uh, to the Tigers? Well, they're the Tigers too. We'll talk about the uh, the Bayou Tigers here for LSU. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty potent offense, right? And, and you're coming in here um, off of possibly the worst performance defensively that we've we've seen an LSU defense put together, and um, it doesn't really ease up. I mean, I, I think that Missouri's offense is is pretty um, is pretty consistent. They're, they don't make a ton of mistakes. We'll get into more of the particulars in a minute here, but um, the the one thing that they also have that LSU hasn't. I mean, they they've played a few few of these kinds of weapons before, but Luther Burden is just playing at a whole nother level right now. He's yeah. uh, he's been one of the more uh, explosive playmakers in all of college football. Um, they really devised and designed their offense around him and getting him the ball. Um, and he he he's really good after the catch. I mean, he makes guys miss after the catch, and uh, you don't have to be a, a you know, a football genius to know that LSU did not do a very good job of tackling last week. Uh, they're going to have to really uh, step up in that regard. And, um, you know, I, th- I think probably the biggest thing here is is, is going to be can can this defense start to flip the switch? Can they can they limit mm-hmm. some of the big mistakes they had last week? Uh, can they cut that in half even? I mean, if they cut some of those mistakes in half, if they wrap up and they they finish off some of these plays, um, then I think you're in a much better spot uh, going into this game. But you have to see it to believe it at this point. And, you know, right now they haven't given us a whole ton of reason to believe that it will get better. Um, it doesn't mean they're not still hard at work trying to get it fixed. Um, we'll get into more of the particulars later. But um, Brian Kelly really has come out this week and said that they, um, you know, essentially LSU's just trying to uh, – get youth and inexperience um, and, and kind of outcoat or just kind of coach around that. And yeah. I'm not sure I buy that answer. I mean, we've, we've heard it uh, several times after the game, um, you know, that, that this is a youthful and inexperienced group. I don't see it. I mean, they're, they're playing a lot of transfers, a lot of fourth, fifth year guys who have played a lot of football. Um, I, I think this has just been really a, miscalculation uh i think in the offseason is some of the transfer talent you brought in it's a combination of scheme and those guys not really understanding where they're what they're supposed to be doing i mean they just look pretty tentative out there and brian mm-hmm. kelly said this on wednesday that they just looked a little bit um uh, reserved and, and not as aggressive as they should have been uh and i think that that goes back to scheme it goes back to personnel it goes back to um just not knowing your assignments and what you're supposed to be doing on a given play. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, we hashed all this in a, in a kind of instant reaction pod on, on Saturday, but um, they, they have a lot of work to do and, and, and defensively, I'm just not sure uh, how much of it you can fix in a week. I mean, we'll, we'll get a chance to see um, maybe the defensive line starts to wrap up and play and make, you know, finish off some of these plays. You know, I think probably the one thing um, that, that, 
that is kind of in their favor right now is that Brady Cook is not necessarily a mobile quarterback. He's a, pretty much a packet passer. He's not a guy that's going to try to scramble for a ton of yards. So uh, maybe you can get into the backfield and finish off some of those plays and make it a little bit easier on your secondary. But um, again, it's one of those kind of see it to believe it kind of deals right now with this defense. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that boat right now where I'm not sure what the, the, the immediate fixes can be, but if you just kind of limit the damage and make this an average defense, the offense is going to win you a lot of games. And so that's, that's kind of the model. I think that's the, that's the kind of brand that LSU should be striving for here this week against Missouri. Um, and, and we'll see if it pays off in the end. Yeah, we talk about the passing attack. Uh, you mentioned Brady Cook, not a very mobile quarterback. We saw last time out when LSU played Mississippi State and Will Rogers. It worked to their benefit. It has been those dual threat guys that have given them a lot of trouble. Uh, but the thing about Brady Cook is, is he just really doesn't make mistakes. 11 yeah. touchdowns, no interceptions, 75% completion percentage. So, uh, Glenn, he's a guy that if you don't get home on him, he's going to make you pay. Luther Burden, like you mentioned, has been a superstar level receiver. Uh, I think everything Missouri fans wanted and hoped for when, one, they were able to get him two years ago and then this past offseason retain him uh, and keep him from jumping in the portal. That being said, wanted to get your thoughts on this because we have our topic conversation right here. If you're listening on the pod, it's can LSU stop Missouri's passing attack? Glenn, I'm with you. I don't think there's a quick fix for this secondary. I just I think they are who they are in, in this sense. The front seven is something where – it's just too much talent to not be able to to kind of flip a switch. I, it's it's kind of mind-boggling when you start to look at some of the stats, the third down concerns. I mean, that's going to be something, once again, it seems elementary, but third down, you've got to get off the field, and you can't make third and 11, third and 10 feel like third and one, third and two. Uh, so what's kind of a couple of your keys, maybe it is those, uh, of how LSU can stop this? I mean, to me, it really depends on the front seven. I just don't trust the secondary. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely on the front seven to get some more pressure um, to certainly lock up some of those rushing lanes. Um, you know, quietly, I think Missouri has the second leading rusher right now in the conference. Um, so they, that that's going to be another wrinkle to add into this equation as well. Um, but I, I'm with you. I think the front seven here has to be kind of where you start in terms of re, regrouping this defense. I mean, they have talent. I mean, I, I do I do think that they have talent. Obviously, with Harold Perkins and, and Makai Wingo, you start with those two guys. You've obviously got to get more out of Mason Smith, more out of Savion Jones. I would like to see a little bit more of Deshaun Womack this weekend. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like um, he's been a huge part of their game plans, you know, the, the first couple weeks of SEC play. But when he has gotten in the games, he's made an impact. And I think right now you're just looking for guys that can go in and make impacts on, 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 yeah. on, on posing offensive lines. So um, you're not getting it really from Ovia Gofu or Braden Swinson anymore. Um, you know, you, you haven't even seen Quincy Wiggins. I mean, he's, he's kind of, I think falling way, way down on the depth chart right now. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, they, they have to figure something out. Uh, obviously, a big reason that they brought in Pete Jenkins is to try to get some of the techniques and the fundamentals down pat uh, with that defensive line. Um, it's got to start there. I, I, I think you have to be able to mix in, um, you know, a Jordan Jefferson, a Paris Shand, and, um, you know, maybe, maybe even a Jalen Lee every once in a while um, because, you know, look, we, we talked about Mason Smith a little bit, haven't gone into huge depth on it. He just doesn't look like himself right now. He's not really 
um, playing at the level that I think uh, a lot of fans had expected him to this year or, or the the mm-hmm. what reason he expected to. I mean, he, he probably expected to come in and play a lot better than he has. But it's taken some time for him. I, I, I don't know that you, you jump ship on him yet, but you, you definitely, I think, have to maybe – even out those reps a little bit, even out that snap count, get Jefferson more involved. Uh, maybe switch things up from a scheme standpoint this weekend to where he's not always on the field. Um, but, you know, they, they, they've got a lot of work to do because um, you're right. This passing attack is, is lethal, um, you know, especially with the way they use burden. You know, I've been working on a piece now for a little while. You'll, you guys will see it on Thursday if you're our subscribers. Um about just how they slow down Luther Burden in this offense. I mean, they they like to use Luther Burden in a variety of ways. They line him up in the slot about 85% of the time, but they're they're also motioning him out into the backfield. They're starting him in the backfield and motioning him out to the slot. They do a lot of pre-snap stuff with him, uh, and it's going to really be on this, you know, not only the, the cornerback, the nickel corners like Sage Ryan and Ryan Yates, but it's going to be on the safeties like Major Burns, Andre Sam. And even some of these linebackers like Perkins, uh, who are going to have to maybe maybe spy a little bit, maybe uh, play that side of the field a little more closely, um, because Burton's a guy that if you get him the ball in space, he's off to the races. And the, mm-hmm. the holes that were there for Ole Miss last weekend, uh, Luther Burden would have turned that into probably four or five touchdowns. I mean, if he'd gotten the ball in yeah. the slot, I mean, he, he's that dynamic of a weapon. Um, he's, he's a guy that they're targeting 38% of the time in their offense. I mean, he's gotten at least seven or eight receptions, I think in all of his five games so far this season. So, um, that is an absolute must. I think that's the first yeah. key for this defense is to try to figure out a way to not make him as dynamic and explosive as he's been, um, easier said than done. But I think it has to start with the defensive line and getting more pressure on Brady Cook. Um, but the other thing here is also, I mean, you could play devil's advocate. Brady Cook gets the ball out quick. I mean, he's going to get the ball out quick to Burden. Uh, I was watching some film on Burden really for most of this year. They like to get him the ball in under two seconds. I mean, he's a guy that's catching a lot of screens and making big plays downfield. He's uh, doing little short routes that that kind of just in you know finding the soft spot in the zones. Um, they're, they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball. It's going to be on LSU's uh, defense to be able to tackle him, to be able to chase him down. Um, and I think you're going to have to really rely on Harold Perkins on that in that respect. Um, and you're going to have to rely on uh, certainly Major Burns and Andre Sam kind of playing that side of the field, uh, keeping an eye on him wherever he's at. And certainly uh, Sage Ryan and Ryan Yates, I think, are going to be in for uh, a really, really uh, – you know, important day and we'll see if they can kind of rise up to the challenge. Yeah. You mentioned uh, with Luther bird, it's about volume 43 catches so far this season. 24 is the next one. Theo Weiss jr. And then Mookie Cooper with 13. Those are the only three guys in double digit receptions. So, I mean, this is feed Luther burden feed three is kind of what Missouri has been able to do. And he's paid off averaging 128 yards a game. That's some, uh, some good fantasy numbers uh, for sure. Real quick, before we move on to the offense, Glenn, I sit in the camp. I don't think number 40 should come off the field. I don't I don't know that Whitweek should come off the field. When you talk about a guy, he's young. I understand. He's progressing. He's got to learn a lot of things. But when we talk about being fundamentally sound, that's something really the defense has not been. Whitweeks has seemed to be one of those guys, though, that it just understands how to wrap up and tackle consistently. Would you like to see more of him? And you know, with that rotation of spates. And I know I do remember Kelly said spates was 
uh, questionable for this weekend. We'll see yeah. how that changes on Thursday night. But your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, if 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 even if Spates plays, I want to see what Weeks had on the field as much as possible. And if that means you have to take Spates off the field, then you do that. I mean, that's just that's kind of where we're at right now. I think with this linebacker group, I think Weeks is the guy that gives you the best. Yeah, Brian Kelly has raved about uh, Luther Burden, uh, uh, about Whit Weeks' ability uh, and as an athlete, and to run, to run, and to diagnose plays, and to be there um, really all the time uh, in in the right spot. That's the kind of guy you need out there when you've got you know Luther Burden running four three four four and and just blazing past dudes. I mean, you've got to have somebody that, that knows where he's going to be and and be able to kind of key in on him a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I would absolutely love to see what weeks a little bit more. Like I said, I'd like to see Deshaun Womack. I put a, a big piece out earlier this week about some of the freshmen that I think are going to have to really step up as the season moves along. So I'd like to see more of Ryan Yates. I mean, Ryan Yates played, I think 13 or 14 snaps against Ole Miss out of 90 something plays that Ole Miss mm-hmm. was able to run on that defense on, on Saturday. So we'd like to see him play a little bit more. We'd like to see, uh, Ashton Stamps continue to be involved in the rotation at corner. Um, you know, maybe JV and Tobiano gets gets some looks here at, at safety. I mean, there's there's really no wrong you can do, I think, in terms of personnel and trying to switch things up after what we just witnessed. So um, I, I would absolutely lean into all those guys and, and see if you can't. You mentioned, Glenn, uh, a lot of good VIP content. It's a great time to shout out. Get two months for a dollar. Uh, we got a great deal running over at the Go 24-7 website, and Glenn mentioned a couple of those articles when you can look in-depth, players to watch, freshmen to look out for, recruiting uh, as well as uh, fall break is nearing here for LSU. Uh, let's flip it over to the offensive side of the football, though, Glenn, where Jaden Daniels, and we had a piece this morning on it, he thinks this offense can take another step. He thinks that there are the things they can clean up. Now, look, I understand that the numbers are eerily similar or progressing or trending towards what that 2019 team did. One of the quotes I loved from Daniels included in the article was, you know what, those guys were great, We've, but we've got our own style. We've got our own flavor of offense. This game's going to feature three of the top 15 receivers production-wise. You talked about Luther Burden, but Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, all of that's great. I sit in the camp, I think Chris Hilton could be a big spot, but I know you're working on some stuff where you think Mason Taylor looked really good last weekend, and maybe he is as emerges. It just really opens up everything for this offense. Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing that we saw from this offense outside of obviously what Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors can do was they got Mason Taylor a little bit more involved last week. And I think he's a really key piece in all of this offensively for them to reach even another level. I know that sounds – uh, hard to do when you're putting up 49 points and 630 yards of offense. But um, the, the the way that they're using Thomas and neighbors, they're hitting a lot of these deep balls. Now defenses are going to have to start adjusting for that eventually. And I think it's going to, it's going to open up obviously the underneath routes is going to open up the intermediate routes, the middle of the field. And that's where I think Mason Taylor is really going to be able to thrive. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's been banged up some this season. They haven't exactly, um, consistently gotten him involved i think the way that he or a lot of us watching would like um but he can be a great safety valve for Jaden and, and a guy that 
if defenses are going to be paying a lot of attention to Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors, if you get him in a one-on-one matchup with a linebacker or uh, a smaller nickel corner or something, he'll he'll make he'll make those defenses pay for that. And so I think that's another way that they can really unlock this offense. Um, I think he's been, um, you know, he, he seems to be getting healthier. He looked as fast and quick um, as I've seen all season long in terms of his uh, ability to make plays happen after the catch. I mean, a big, big part of why Brian Kelly was so excited for Mason Taylor coming into this year was because he had added some good weight uh, and been able to stay on the field for more consistent snaps, but he'd also gotten faster and quicker and he, and, and with, with, with some of his training this off season. So I'm absolutely looking for uh, Mason Taylor to, to continue to have big, big moments this season. Um, we'll see if that happens this weekend, but um, I, I really like where this offense is at, especially from a passing perspective. I mean, there's really not much to complain about. You can nitpick the fourth quarter there a little bit if you really want to. And, and you know, the last five minutes, them not really being able to hold onto the ball and finish that game off. But it's hard to it's hard to be asked it's hard to ask an offense to score on every drive and that's pretty much what LSU was asking them to do last weekend and they they largely responded and Jaden threw some just absolute dimes some darts I mean he he would be a top two Heisman candidate right now if LSU was sitting here five and oh or four and one even I think if they win that game last weekend you're starting to think oh man Jaden Daniels could could actually really make a, a, a run at this Heisman if they keep winning mm-hmm. and putting up the kind of points that they do but they're sitting here at two losses now, and you know that that the offense has been overshadowed by some of the defensive stuff that we've been talking about all week, and it's really a shame because uh, this offense is performing at a at a pretty historic level. They're not quite on pace with what the 2019 did. I'm not sure any team could really come close to that, but um, they're 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 in they're within spitting distance. They're within you know kind of the, the ballpark of, of of those kinds of numbers, and they're doing it in a really uh, explosive way and think the the, the, the Thomas uh, emergence this year has been just uh, absolutely critical for them and and something that I honestly didn't really expect after watching most of the fall I think he was probably one of the guys that we were most you know, kind of I don't want to say disappointed in but kind of didn't see a whole lot of uh, in terms of flashes in the fall he just looked pretty similar to the guy we saw last year but come game time man he's been absolutely lights out week in and week out uh neighbors has been what many expected him to be now that you're getting taylor involved a little bit more logan diggs is a guy that they're getting involved in the run game um i think this offense has a new level that they can reach and that was something that Jaden also said yesterday was that they feel like they can reach another level and, and 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 make this a really really special season offensively for lsu Man, just you got to find a way to play at least average defense. I yeah, think that's that's get them to average. Thing. That's all you have yeah. to do. Just get them to average. Make it uh, to where the defense is allowing thirty to thirty-five points instead of fifty. The offense is going to win you most of these games. I mean, like yeah, Jaden said yesterday that they feel like they can average fifty to fifty-five points a game. Um, yeah, that's what the starting quarterback said yesterday, and the way they've been playing that absolutely rings true. And if you could just get this defense a little bit better, a little bit more consistent in getting stops, getting off the field on third down. Um, you know, Makai Wingo talked a lot about how the defense has been focusing on eye discipline and hand placement really across the board. I mean, that that's stuff that kind of uh, extends even beyond the defensive line um, in terms of eye discipline and, and all that stuff. But 
yeah, look, it's going to be fundamentals. It's going to be can they find the right scheme? Can they find the right ways to get these the most out of these players on defense? And if they start making some strides in the positive direction, then I think LSU wins this week. And um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes kind of to the rest of the season. But um, you know, I, I know we've we're, we're kind of uh, we're kind of in a point right now where you know it, it seems like that. The, the, the defense is going to be the thing that has to come along a little bit. And, and if they do, then the offense is going to be able to help win you a lot of games because they've been lights out uh, in terms of their efficiency and their production uh, and their execution on the field. Yeah, you kind of leaned into the final thoughts and predictions right there. Any any final things you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would probably say that I have, you know, this being another very high-scoring game. I think Vegas has the over/under around 64, 65 points, something like that. I could easily see both of these teams getting into the 30s. Um, I think the biggest question here is, can LSU keep them in the 30s and get into the 40s on offense? And I think that um, that that second part is going to be a little, um, you know, it's it's going to be a little easier to do. I mean, I think the offense right now is rolling and. You know, I, I would expect them to score 42, 45, 48 points, something like that. Um, but it's can the defense, you know, hold them to 35, 38? I mean, you know, I, I would take anything other, under 50, honestly, after watching last week. And um, I think LSU is going to be in a good opportunity to win that game. So we'll see. But you know, I've got LSU winning this thing and, you know, kind of blowout or not blowout fashion but like high scoring fashion i think they went somewhere mm-hmm. in the range of 45 38 45 35 something like that um and and we'll see if they can kind of get this thing back on track because they 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 absolutely need a win on the road they need to come back and feel good about themselves um before taking on uh another really kind of you know this was kind of the part of the schedule that i think the body was looking for in terms of just can they consistently can 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 they get through this part of the schedule with with Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Missouri? You're one and one right now. You really, really can't afford to go one and two in that little three game yeah. stretch. I mean, that would be just crippling for the season. Um, and then you're looking at a situation where you're hoping you don't go like eight and four or something or, or, mm-hmm. or seven and five. I mean, like I, I still think a lot of this team's goals are in front of them. They they still control their destiny in a lot of different ways. Um, but it's just about can they get this defense on the right track or at least heading in a more positive direction going forward. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. A couple of keys for me in this game to watch out for. Uh, Missouri doesn't really take the ball away a lot. That's something LSU doesn't do a lot as well, so I think that's going to be something that's going to play into this game. Uh, while Missouri has a pass rush, they're really not strong on third down defense. Ne- neither is LSU. It feels like something's going to have to give between those two categories. Missouri has also struggled. Uh, it took a lot of work for them to beat Memphis, and the game against Vanderbilt was a little bit closer than you know the score indicated when you go back and look at how that game played out. I think that LSU's offense is going to be too much uh, for you know Missouri to start. I don't think they faced anything like it. And while I think that this Missouri offense is really, really, really good, this is going to be a challenge for them, and probably their first one, to really keep up with an elite offense, and that's what LSU has. Uh, I do. I think that uh, you know that six and a half point spread. I don't trust LSU's defense, but I do kind of trust their offense to keep scoring. So I, I think that I think they're going to be able to cover it. I, I do think they are going to be covered, but I think this is going to be in large part due to the offense. But man, it would be huge to see this defense keep them to under. Like if they could just keep keep them like thirty points or less, that's a massive win on the road against a really really good statistically good offense in Missouri as well. But hey, 
That's uh, that's the prediction. I, I, I think later. they need to hold them under forty, not fifty. I mean that under 40. 40, 40, <laughs> If you get if they allow anywhere between forty and fifty, then it's going to be whoever gets the ball last again, kind of ordeal. I think for for <laughs> for this game. I mean they've the defense has got to find something out. They got to figure something out. Not sure a week is going to be able to cut it, but uh, we'll see. I mean we're uh, there's not a whole lot of hopes out there, but you know I think that you know we'll that they, they got a lot of people that are working on it and trying to figure this thing out. So, um, but you have to see it to believe it, kind of thing. I think for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the talk's kind of old, I think, with with this defense, and they just need to go out there and show it. But hey, like we mentioned before, go over to go twenty four seven the LSU twenty four seven Sports website. Obviously, over there, great deal going on right now. Two months for a dollar. You need to check it out. It's it's fantastic. It's going to lead you all the way up until early signing day. So it's great if you're wondering about that recruiting class and who's on the way to help. You can get you some good information over there as well. Two minutes for a dollar, just a couple pennies a day uh, that averages out to. So for Glenn West, my name is Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in on the YouTube page. If you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you may be getting this, give us a like, a follow, and leave us a review as well. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast.